0: Isn't that crazy? You got, who went surfing yesterday? Man, the waves are just calming. you know what I mean? You guys heard that there was a tsunami, right? No. There was a tsunami yesterday. It's crazy. Like Steve was, uh, the other Steve Chacalante that was uh, speaking last Sunday, talked about the, the creation is groaning for, is crying out for the Lord, the one who created all of it to come back. You know, it's just reaching out. It's going crazy, like crazy stuff. We're, I, I'm with uh, some of my friends from Oahu and Maui and uh, right here at UH Hilo with our crew, Campus Crusade for Christ Ministry, and um, we are having our first ever Hawaii winter conference. Crew has winter conferences all over the United States and, and other places in the world, actually. They don't call it winter conference in other places, but we gather up all these young people and uh, just empower them to go out and uh, take the message of hope, the gospel, to the world. To the world. It's a good thing, right? Okay, well, I think it's a good thing. So, anyway. <laughs> right. Right, and they're here today. They've been here since Friday. And, you know, I, I was telling a friend this uh, just a little while ago. I was like, you know, the, the older I get, the faster they walk. No, no. Actually, <laughs> you know the truth about that one. But yeah, things, things are crazy. We were at South Point yesterday. And we took the students out there to South Point. Praise the Lord. It was beautiful. We, we caught it at sunset. You know, and they're jumping off the cliff. And I'm standing there. I wish I could jump off the cliff, but I'm not going to do it because I have a family and kids and a ministry to do. So you know, And my body's not going to handle that drop So like I used to when I was a kid. Uh, anyway, this guy pulls up an ahi, an, an ahi from the cliff. I was like, tuna, right off the, Who, man, some sashimi right there. Anyway, crazy stuff, right? You know, speaking of crazy, I, I, was, I was watching TV a while back. I don't have TV anymore, but when I was watching, this is not that long ago, um, and I was watching this crazy program, and it's just, uh, I don't know if you call this, What do you, you call it identity dysphoria or something? I don't know, because it's kind of like that right now, too, right? People kind of, like, th- there was this woman, who, she, who thinks that she's a horse? You know, now it's getting real crazy, right? She thinks she's a horse. So what she does is she hires this guy to make an outfit, you know, make her look like a horse, and then she eats hay in a corral and has somebody ride on top of her. Okay, only I think that's strange. Now <laughs> more dysphoria than I think. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are struggling. With identity now, if you haven't noticed, even Christians, even even children of God, and so that's what I wanna uh, talk about this morning. I wanna share a story to start it off. Uh, uh, this stories of a farmer. He he found an eaglet. It's just like a piglet, right? But eagle. So small, small eagle. Um, fall, it fell out of the nest in the woods one day. It it didn't look too badly hurt, so. And he didn't know what to, he didn't know how to care for an eagle. So he took it back to his farm and he put the eagle in his chicken pen with the chickens. <laughs> and so the eaglet learned to eat chicken feed and scratch the ground with its talons. You know, it never really learned to use its wings as they were meant to be used because chickens don't fly very much. So, you know, he was like acting like a chicken. So one day the nat- a naturalist, you know, somebody who studies the, the the animals and stuff, came by and visited the farm. And he saw the eagle in, in with the chickens. And he asked the farmer why the eagle was in there scratching and eating chicken feed and stuff with the chickens. And so the farmer told him the story. And then the naturalist was like, well, the, the eagle is the king of the birds. It was born to soar above Everything, above, high in the sky. And uh, it's, it's not supposed to be scratching for worms and chicken feeding in the ground. So the naturalist began to uh, come and visit this guy. And try. he tried to get the eaglet to fly. Like, he'd put him on his shoulder, and he put it on a, you know, a stand, and he'd try to push it off. And, but it would just flutter down and come back down to the ground and start scratching like a chicken, Right? So one day, the naturalist, he was like, he he took it up to a peak high above the farm. And the by then, the eagle had grown a little bit. It had gotten some strength. It was getting bigger. And he took it, and he put it, he put it out there on this peak, this cliff over the farm. And the eagle's looking down at the, you know, the chickens down there, like, sees the chickens moving around. He's probably thinking, you know, that's who I am. I'm a chicken. You're not know, supposed to be down there. Why, why am I up here? And he looks up at the sky, and he looks down at, you know, he's like looking around. And all of a sudden, something comes, like a the, the gust of wind came up, you know, and it, would, it just all of a sudden, it spread its wings and soared off and did what it was supposed to, what it was born to do, what it was made to do. It may be that the eagle still visits or flies over the farm on occasion or even thinks once in a while about its life as a chicken. But as far as anyone knows, the eagle never returned to his life as a chicken. I think that this is a lot like some of us. Uh, Maybe not you but for me. You know, I was meant to fly... As unto wings of eagles, right? Like Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 31 says that, right? But a lot of the times I'm groveling like a chicken in the dirt. I want to take us to a passage that's going to remind us of who we are, what our identity is. If you know Jesus, then you are a child of God. That's what it says. Let's look at this passage. It's in, it's in John 1. We're going to look at verses 12 to 14. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. So please, if you have your Bibles on your phone or you have the, you know, the old, old school Bible with, made up with the paper and all that, um, please turn that to John 1, chapter 1. We're going to read verses 12 to 14. But, but first, I'm going to pray. Because I've prayed a lot for this, but uh, pray again. Because I only want to say the words that God wants. Jesus, I just come to you this morning. Holy Spirit, please lead and guide me to only the things that you want me to share and, and not anything that you don't want me to share. And cause me to share it in the power of your Holy Spirit and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here's what it says. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. But to all who re- did receive him who believed in his name, Jesus' name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. Full of grace and truth. Five points from this passage. They all start with the letter B. The first one is believe. Right? Basics. John 3.16, right? Wow. Whoever, for, who, whosoever should believe. Hey, Ron's here. Awesome. Praise God. Whosoever should believe. We become children of God. By faith alone. We become part of Ke'akua's Ohana. By believing in his son, Jesus, Yesu. Not by being good, not by doing good, not by feeling good. Those are all good things, right? But only by believing in the one who is good. Who is really good. Because no matter how much good you do or how good I feel... It's not as good as the good one, and that is Jesus. A powerful thing that happens when we believe in Jesus, when we have that kind of faith. And we believe in the the biblical Jesus. So I ask you to turn your Bibles there, because if you're not reading and learning about the the Jesus of the Bible, that's not the good one, the only good one. you got to get that information from the Bible. It has to match with what the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus is teaching you, the Spirit of the Father, right? When you, when you believe that, when you believe in Him, and not try to earn your own goodness in a way, but, but truly begin to become good, and you start to do those good things, and you start to feel good, even when, actually, you feel bad. <laughs> when your back hurts, because you're chasing college students around in the, you know, Or on the island and try to keep up with them and and sit, you know, on the hard floors like they can, and do all those things, or do whatever you're doing, whatever challenges you're facing, you can still be good, whatever stresses you're under. You can still have the goodness of Jesus in you coming out from inside you. Like the book of James says, it, it says work out your salvation. It doesn't say work for your salvation. Says, work, work, let it come to the surface, right? When you really believe in the only good one, that goodness starts to come out of you and you start to do good things. Better things than you could ever do. So, the first thing you need to do is you need to believe, right? The next B is that you need to be born. You need to be born into a new life. You need to be born again. Because we're born into this world. Not into God's family. He, he owns all of us. He made all of us. He created everything that sustains us. He gave us life. But we are brought back into what, who we're supposed to be when we're born again in the, in the spirit and power of Jesus. When we make a decision to be born into a new life in Christ, we, live, we learn to live in new ways out of that power, out of that identity. It's like that New Year's experience, you know, when you, you the old year, and, oh, it was rough, right? Pandemic, all that stuff. But we get some new promises we hope in for this year, right? But it's more than that. It's more than just a new year. It's a new life. It's a whole new, uh, it's like you've been restored to who you're supposed to be. You have a new identity. A new, you're a new person. It's almost like putting a new engine in an old car, though, you know, Right? The old car frame, but it cannot hold, uh, you know, the power. So you put this new, brand new, shiny, powerful engine in. It takes a while for that car to get used to it, right? I remember when I first became a, a follower of Christ, I was like, whoa, what is this, all these feelings and all these things, and stuff started happening, and, you know, it's because of the power of God. You got to give the glory to God, but, but there it is. You know, this new life that you experience, being born again. And like the passage says, that this is the next B. Blood, it, it's not the blood that makes it, but it is the blood. I was thinking about this, like, wait, it says um, who are born not of blood. But I was like, well, it is, but it's not my blood. It's not your blood. The blood of Christ makes this possible, right? This blood from Jesus, the one that gives us new life. Verse 13 says, we are born again, not of blood or of flesh, nor the will of man, but the will of God. Do you get that? You you are bu- born of blood. You are born of flesh. But not yours. That's why when we take communion, we say, right, right, what? This is the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, right? Because he's giving you a new life. He's making you a new creation, like the book of Romans says. But a friend told me, using that car, a friend told me of a, a car that his classmate in high school smashed up, beautiful car, and he tried to drive it after he smashed it into a telephone pole. And the thing would always pull to one side. And so he tried to straighten out the frame, but the car would still pull that way. It had to always try and correct it until he got the thing totally, like, right, you know? A lot of times we're like that car that got the frame bent, you know, or like that eaglet, right, that, that thinks he's a chicken. It takes a while for him to figure out, oh, that's what these things are for. You know, like, this is what life is for. It's not for groveling in the dirt and living worldly, right? We have a new identity. And it's Jesus' blood and his flesh. And it's not not by my will, not by our will that this happens. Right? Not by the will of man, but of God. And that's where it corrects everything. It's it's the blood and flesh and will of God, the power of God that makes this possible. Because a lot of us are trying so hard to, you know, do the thing. It's like we were a chicken. (laughs) When we're trying to fly like an eagle, you can't do it. But now God's given you an eagle's wings, eagle's body. And we're supposed to fly high. And when you believe that, when you have faith in that, you begin to do that. But you have to develop that faith. You have to look at the word. You have to know the one, the good one, the biblical Jesus. It has to be integrated into every part of your soul and your, your psyche and everything. That's where your identity is. That's who you are. The next B is for what happens next is that you bear out your sonship or daughtership of being a child of God. You bear it out. I always think of a bear coming out of a cave after winter. You know, you come out and it's like, ah, okay, I'm going to be a bear now. You know, you're going to come out. It, it's like we follow a Lord, like, you look at the verse again. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? Jesus, Son of God, with the Father and the Spirit, for eternity, takes on flesh. He fleshes out who God is. He shows us who God is. I think if we say that we follow Jesus that we're supposed to do the same thing. We're supposed to flesh out our faith. We're supposed to live it out. Fleshing out our faith happens when we fill ourselves with God's grace and truth. Like the verse said Jesus did, right? Full of grace and truth. I try to teach my children this. You are a family of, you know, you're, in, you're my family, you live in my house. When you behave like you're part of my family, like you live in my house, like you, you're a Matsui, you know, your dad is Kent, then you get to experience all the blessings of the home. And if you don't, you know what comes next, right? Some of you guys, you know what happens. And so they start to behave like who they are. They're members of my household. They're supposed to be able to enjoy the internet, right? The kitchen. Put the food away, right? Don't visit those kind of sites, you know, don't, right? And then they start to experience blessings. Oh, dad, that that was good. Hey, my food not rotten. I'm not sitting on the counter because I left them out, you know? Well, gosh, there's clean dishes. And you didn't wash them this time. What happened? Well, you're behaving like a true son of the father, of your father, not the father, but your father, which is not the great, but you know at least better than you know. I, I won't get into that. But anyway, you get what I mean, right? Behave like a child of God. Blessings come. I believe this. If you put your trust and faith in Jesus to fully save you, and you're, you're behaving like a, a member of the household of heaven, you can experience the full blessings of heaven now. You don't have to wait till you're dead. You don't have to wait till your, your, your body dies. The power of God can help you experience joy in the midst of sorrow. He can help you experience strength when you're feeling weak. He can, ex- he can help you experience love when somebody giving you hate. You're not, you can tell me that's not heaven. That's not the power of God. That's the power of God. That's heaven. You can experience the blessings of being in God's household if you behave like a member of his household, which you are. All we have to do is be who we are. If you're a child of God, if you believe in Jesus, maybe some of you don't believe in Jesus. Maybe you're listening online or maybe you're even here in, in the church building and you, you haven't really believed in the one, the real good one. Believe now and then you can be part of this. But know that your identity is in Christ, not in your ability to do something, to overcome something, to express something. And when you do that, when you have that faith and belief then you start to behave like who you really are, your identity as a child of God. The last B is for both and. Both and. Many children of God, Christians, right? That's what we call ourselves. Little Christ is the meaning of Christian. Have a tendency to be so full of grace that we start to water down the truth or even disregard the truth of the Bible, of the word, of who we say we're a child of. We get so full or or we get so full of truth that we stress over finding and following every bit of truth that we can, so we can kind of smash people over the head with truth, like a kind of proverbial. Truth baseball bat. You know what I'm talking about? They beat people. What the word of God says? You know, like you just go on and do stuff like crazy stuff, right? In the last verse of the passage we're looking at, it says that our Lord was filled with both and grace and truth, right? It's a balance. It's not just all grace. Oh, yeah, everything's good, you know, right? You guys heard the phrase, so open-minded that your brains fall out, right? Oh, yeah, 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 Everything. all good, all good, yeah, yeah, wh- whatever, you murdered somebody, yeah, no problem, no problem, it's good, you know, we don't blame you. Oh, was on it was a baby, uh, don't ask. yeah, you know, all good, all good, don't let your brains fall out, right? Or, you're so about truth, that's a sin, and that's a sin too, and you, you replying to me that way, that's a sin also,
1: you're going to hell
0: now. You know, you, come on, well, sorry. I'm in church. I can say the word, right? It's in the Bible. So, you know what I mean. You got to have that. You got to be full of both. Grace and, and full. Not a little bit of each. Like, you know, right? This is something I struggle with the most because, yeah, I'm, I tend to fall on the truth side a lot. So I got to learn to have more grace. But I need to have both to the fullest. So how do we do this? The clock is not up there, so I gotta actually look at the time to make sure I'm on time here. But how do we do this thing? I still have a little time. I want to share this story with you guys. Found this on the internet. I thought it was an interesting story. Illustrates a great point. Once the devil was walking along with walking along with one of his assistant devils, you know, junior devil. They saw a man ahead of them, and he picked up something shiny. What did he find, asked the junior devil. A piece of truth, said the senior devil. So the junior devil goes, well, doesn't it bother you that he found a piece of truth? No, the senior devil says. I will see to it that he makes it into a religion. This illustrates an important concept I think we need to apply to to be full of grace and truth that we need to be spirit-led led by the Holy Spirit not just on Sunday or you know when you're talking to somebody you want to you want to make yourself look good and I want to make myself look good in front of my students or in front of my wife or well, maybe not so much. My, my wife knows who I really am. You know what I mean? I cannot fool her anymore. We've been married 23 years. So, you know, but if I'm led by the Spirit, I'm always getting checked. Come on. And I'm always getting led. Not just, you know, the truth is checking me and grace is leading me to show love to everybody. Even those that are offending me, that have hurt me, I can forgive them. Because I'm full of grace. But I'm also full of truth, so I don't fall into these big holes, you know, that it's hard to climb out of, takes a long time. It makes a bad witness for others who don't know Jesus yet. Man. Gosh, you know, it, This this message actually really impacts me because it's not an easy thing. Even when you're doing ministry full-time, in fact... A lot of times when you, when you do ministry, you, you have these, these walls that separate things. Like I'm doing ministry now. Now I'm on break. <laughs> time out. I can make any kind. No, no. No, no. I need to be spirit-led all the time. Amen. All the time. Right, Craig? Brother Craig, he knows. He's been talking to me a long time. We're not perfect, but we follow the perfect one. Amen. We're not holy, but we follow the holy one. We're not all good, but we follow the one who's more than all good. His name is Jesus. Do you know him? Do you believe in him? Have you been born into his family? Are you depending on his blood and his flesh and his will to live out your identity in Christ, that you're a child of God? Are you bearing out that to other people so they can see the good one and come to know him too? And are you being filled with both grace and truth all the time by the Spirit? The only way to do that is to do that every day. Not have a religion. Not just come, oh, I went to church, you know. I go Bible study. I go to crew meetings. I went on a crew mission. So what? What does that mean? It's good, right? But if you don't have an everyday, moment by moment, minute by minute, hour by hour, personal relationship with the good one, and he's living out his power through you in your life to others, that's what it's all about. That's when you're filled with both grace and truth to the point where you're overflowing out of your life and you're bearing that out to others let's pray